Alright. <clears throat> you ready? Oh yeah, let's do this. Ready. <clears throat> Alright, and welcome back. Uh, well, if this is your first time listener, then welcome to. But if you're a second time listener, which we hope you are, then welcome back. Yeah. Um, I'm Stefan Santa Cruz, and I'm here with my boy. Maddie. Men. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we just were chilling out at, at our respective homes and our respective cities. And then, you know, as you do after you're done with work, you go on the Internet and you go and check out what's good. Um, so we, uh, I came across a link of a of a music video for a band called Unlocking the Truth um, on my Facebook feed through metalsucks.net, which is, which is a favorite metal blog of mine. Um, and uh, so, so just to enlighten the audience about Unlocking the Truth somewhat, um, these little guys, you've probably seen them, they're teenagers uh, now, um, but you've probably seen them on a viral YouTube video maybe a couple of years ago. Um, they're three African-American heavy metal kids that used to play in Times Square and, uh, and just kick everybody's ass, uh, playing like a little kind of hip hop metal, not really even that, but just mostly kind of a metal, little metal kids, you know, and it took people, people kind of by surprise. Um, they're from Brooklyn, New York. And, uh, I just sent Maddie the link earlier about the their newest music video which i forget the name i just had it in front of me um but we'll get to that uh so anyway this band they gained viral fame on the internet um kind of mostly based on just their because they're little metalhead kids that were that were rocking it and they got a lot of attention um from people by playing in times square um so cut to right now 2016 and we have, uh, they just released a music video, um, Maddie Hummantoon or something while I find this. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to do that, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Stefan sent me this and, uh, I just kind of like saw like his, what it was and I didn't, I don't know anything about these guys. So while you all are listening and he's going through the history of this band, I am also, I'm here with you. I'm just going off a gut reaction to something I saw. Okay. okay, so they just released a music video called Take Control. It's the, their first official music video. And up until now, they've had maybe a couple of songs that have popped up online. Um, and so on MetalSucks.net, uh, one of the blog posts that a, a guy uh, who I think is one of the founders of Metal Sucks named, by the name of Axel Rosenberg um, he put a post up about something saying about how their sound is new metal um, and uh, and in a very kind of negative connotation. Um, and then in within the post, he mentions that an earlier post of his own where he kind of knocks on the band for their sound or whatever. And a lot of the backlash was like, don't pick on kids. They're just, you know, they're just kids making music that they want to make and this, this and that. Um, after watching the music video in my ears, Definitely, definitely sounds like new metal. Um, however, my, my my response to Axel Rosenberg <laughs> is along the lines of, you know, it does sound like new metal. It very much is in in this in the sense that that term came about. Um, 
but just also the flavor of it and like they're you know they're they're black kids from from brooklyn you know what i mean like they've been exposed probably to a ton of music especially uh, in the millennial age um so my whole thing was like my review of what i heard or saw was just like yeah it's new metal but at least it's not like shitty new metal it's pretty all right they're um, I think their song structure for this particular song is pretty good. Uh, the kid's voice is good, and uh, he does a pretty ripping solo um, within the music video. Uh, but you know, for for us older fans and people who grew through that metal metal phase, like me and Maddie, um, I think there's there's a lot going on um, within this particular sound that. Uh, in my opinion, is it's not fair to kind of gloss them over by just being new metal, um, kind of based on because of their story interests me, um, but also just because of the time and place we are in. Take it away, Maddie. Oh, okay. Um, do you, what label are they on? What what label is this album coming out on? Um, let me. I think it's a big label, actually. I do want to say that it's like. Capital Records or something like that. Hold on, I have my phone is slow, um, but I do think it's a big label. Um, cool. And because uh, it sounds really like the song, it sounds really produced. Definitely. So yeah. I guess what I'm thinking is maybe the studios are like, you guys are talented. Um, yeah. You got something here, but they've kind of maybe molded their sound, maybe not what they really want right now, but if this is their first album and who knows what the rest of the songs sound like, maybe this is just one moment of what they can do as like a metal group or whatever. Right. Uh, um, I, I don't like it. <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, there are things in the songs. I'm like, Oh, these kids, I mean, they're obviously talented kids. I mean, they're like 20 somethings and like are getting a record deal, maybe on a major label. Uh, but the production value sounds like it's on a pretty, it's going to be on a pretty big label like Roadrunner maybe, or like, uh -huh. it's, you know, uh, stuff, something I'm like sorry. that. Um, yeah. No, uh, I just, I guess the thing that bugged me the most about it was, um, I, like you have these kids with all these, uh, different influences who like these 20 somethings, like, I don't know what a 20 year old listens to. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. I assume it's Taylor Bunch Swift. Bullshit, my opinion, kids. Yeah, you better and you better get right with your you better get so, right with your Maynard. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I, I just look at it as uh, I don't know. I feel like the music that I would like to make is like a product of what I listen to, and I feel like these kids, what what they are probably listening to, and they probably have a lot of like you know rap, hip hop influence. They uh, mm -hmm. obviously have a lot of metal influence in their music, and they're probably just trying to figure yeah. out a way to blend this all together. And yes, yeah. I, it, I do think it falls into the new metal category, but I definitely don't. I think it's something more. I don't think these guys are just like they're too talented to just be a one hit wonder. And I really hope that the album shows that they're really talented because, I mean, yeah. they do got chops, man. Um, yeah, and I also sure. think the vi I think the video, too, also says a lot about them. Like, seems like they're like skater kids, like they're into everything. That's definitely. Really, like, hip right now to them and i feel like this might just be the music that those kids are into and like are like these kids go see sh like little independent shows of there might be a lot of yeah. this going on but i don't know about it because i don't live in brooklyn new york yeah. uh hey, it's their not mom's scene <laughs> their parents were letting them take the train into into the city uh, so that's pretty 
They probably got some street cred, man. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, see, I see what you're saying about the video. The one, what I like about the video, um, to describe it for the listening audience, there, it starts with the three, the trio, uh, the band unlocking the truth. Um, the three of them in these masks that look like they're made of just like other ripped pieces of paper or something like they're kind of really simply thrown together. And the overall video kind of gives a message of like, like, you know, weirdos and freaks unite, you know, if you're like yeah. you know, if the mainstream uh, perspective doesn't accept you, then fuck them. We got a party over here. And um, it's a pretty fun, like nicely little shot music video, especially for these dudes. Um, I just read right now that they are signed to Sony's music label uh, for five albums. Jeez. Right. They're just kids, dude. And that's like that. That's disheartening, man. They're going to send these kids through the ringer. You know, I hope yeah. not. I hope not. Actually, if you if you guys are listening, unlocking the truth, man, stay strong. Don't let the <laughs> music industry beat you. Um, yeah. But yeah, like my my argument about like the whole new metal thing is. It's like, you know, don't act like we all didn't buy Significant Other by Limp Biscuit when it came out. There was a yeah. time that new metal was huge and we didn't uh -huh. care what it was. So a lot of those influences still show up in music. Um, but now I think like, you know, just seeing like these 14 year old kids making music that I probably would have listened to when I was 14, um, you know, it kind of takes me back to those days. But you know, at the same time, we see that these styles in or this particular style is still prevalent. But there are a lot of like mixed influences and uh, stylistic things that are going on here. Like you hear Iron Maiden, like you hear with every yeah. new newer metal band, um, you always hear a little Iron Maiden. You know, that's just like that's just what came before. You know, and and for these yeah. kids, like think about these kids are probably in an age where Disturb's first album is considered a classic by many people. I still run into a lot of Disturb fans. Yeah. No, it's like sometimes, you know, there's like a, a clear division between like the fans. I don't mean to generalize, but sometimes I've noticed that there's like, if you have new metal fans and you're like, Oh, you like Limp Biscuit or Linkin Park or something like that. They're just like, yeah, yeah. I do. you know, it's like, they don't even, they don't know the distinction because of for whatever reason. And I think for guys like me and Maddie who are just like, have like this voracious appetite for all different types of music that we're into leads us down to some pretty like um, intricately detailed and um, deep pathways in terms of music. So it's, so it's, uh, so it's easy to have an ear for that kind of overproduced new metal sound and be really turned off by it. Um, but I'll yeah. just say I actually was, I actually like it. Like I actually, you know, I have Spotify. It's not like we have to go and buy an album anymore, <laughs> really. So I'm definitely going to probably be hearing it all the way through. Um, I'm excited to hear what they, just what they're up to, you know, just to see what became of all that, their backstory and record yeah. label and touring. They've been touring before they've recorded anything. So it's pretty crazy. <laughs> I'm going to let you listen to it and then <laughs> then I'll I'll let you relay it to me and see if I ever want to listen to it but uh that's going to be a, a multi-part episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah, I I just I want the kids to do well and I've not had to deal with anything in my life of like dealing with a major label or a studio or 
anything like that, but I've just heard horror stories from people I've known or just, yeah. you know, being around longer and it just like, I want them to make sure their sounds getting made. And if that's yeah. what they sound like, that's great. But if yeah. that's like, if that's someone's like, Oh yeah, you should really like, you know, you should rap more or, you know, you should, you know, like, I just want it to be like their music cause they're so young and there is talent there and I would hate to see it squandered yeah. by just like them getting run through the ringer and, just becoming like these, like, you know, just these, like it, like, tw- like at 25, yeah. 30, just being fed up with music. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's not well, what music's well, here, about. Check, check this. Um, last year uh, in their Wikipedia, it says the band came to grips with the harsh reality of the terms of the Sony deal. And they successfully sued to be released from the contract. <laughs> good for them so their their new out al- their album when it comes out is going to be called uh their debut album is going to be called chaos and actually releases on june 17th for all those budding unlocking the truth fans that may be out there <laughs> such as myself but you know um, what I, I redact my statement i'll listen to it i think it'd be a really <laughs> great episode for us to just dive yeah. into that album and just and it, for better or worse, like yeah. you know, ripping a new one or something, you know. And it and it looks like they're they're signed to an independent label called TuneCore. Um, so that's cool. So hopefully, you know, and and maybe you know, like there's a good chance you have like that executive or that company person or whoever runs the TuneCore company or somebody was like, well, why don't you rap more on the on the record? You know, get the, you know, you got to broaden your audience. You know, there's always that person who's going to suggest yeah. that kind of thing. So it and could no good. <laughs> oh, it, it could be that it could be that song on the album where they're like, "We need one more, guys, just something that grabs them." And it's, and like, it's like the one song that sounds only like that. Yeah, it's like it's like "No Quarter" by Led Zeppelin or something. They fucking just like what? <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I've uh, looking back, you know, and remembering because you see a lot of videos of like kids playing metal music nowadays and like really good metal music i remember last year last summer there was a video of like a school of rock type organization or whatever that had these kids sing 46 and or they did all the parts to 46 and 2 by tool and had this little girl singing the maynard part and it was like it was amazing just because they had must have practiced it so many so many times and just made it perfect um, yeah. the, vi- the video was cool cause it gave them a lot of attitude and like the little girl singing Maynard's really like deep angsty lyrics was pretty awesome. Um, but I think you tend to see a lot of these type of videos and stuff and never really, you know, we're not really connected to what the happenings of what those musicians are will to end up, you know, we might hear about them later down the line or, you know, they might end up dropping music at some point and doing something else and doing something else completely. But um, yeah. but I've I've kept a tab on unlocking the truth since that first little viral video, um, you know, like they didn't like blow me away as like a music fan or whatever. But I was like, hell yeah, man! Like I love the attitude, you know. If I had yeah. if I had millions of dollars, I'd probably be the first one to be like, I'm signing you guys to a record contract today, you know. <laughs> like I'd have been that guy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, just like kind of like I follow them on Facebook, which is easy you know like their stuff just pops up and you know i saw that axel rosenberg post and like i really just don't agree with that sentiment you know it's just like he's he's like as old as we are you know he's in his 30s and he's still like not only is he railing against kids which i don't you know in a lot of ways i don't blame him for because you get a lot of bands like attila and um 
what are these other bands like even uh, acts like um hollywood undead or whatever like these weird meldings of like emo and hip-hop and you know goth yeah. kind of culture and stuff and you get really bastardized versions of this kind of stuff um but then but then you see you know unlocking the truth these little these little guys they're just like we're all black and they're just like we just want to rock man we just want to throw it down um yeah so following their story up until this point you know and then oh what i was saying is under the uh the axel rosenberg post was like directly came the unlocking the truth post like right next on yeah. my feed and then <laughs> you know and then it's just like you know i was just like my first instinct I left a comment on the Axel Rosenberg thread and then I left a comment on theirs like, good job guys. Fucking keep it going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's like a, there's a lot of going on there. They're actually trying to finance a documentary about their entire experience. Um, cool. to go along with, with, and I'm sure that Sony contract, uh, situation, um, is probably something pretty heavy. That's going to be focused on in that. But out of all that I'm saying, and in terms of my support, like if this wasn't, didn't have that backstory to it and they were like 21 year old members of a band or whatever. And I saw this same video and heard the same song. I'd be like, fucking whack. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, so there's a context to it that, you know, by, by just glossing it over as new metal, um, might not get a lot of people's attention, but you know, time will tell on these kids. They're still young, and they probably are running through uh, some new metal influences um, that that they they grew up on. Yeah, I just I don't know I don't know what these kids listen to. I don't know what they grew up with. You know, I don't know what got them to this point to make this kind of music. But I think they deserve a shot. And before you, I don't know. Like, it's not my thing, but I definitely am like now more interested to listen to see what these guys yeah. got. Like. You know, um, so I don't know, man, more power to them. Like, get out there and do it. Uh, you know, if you got a good group of friends that want to do that, uh, some of the most fun I've ever had was playing live music. So go get it, dude. Yeah. See what happens. Sure. Enjoy the ride, man. You only get one yeah. chance. I hope they make a comic book. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they have sure, a the truth comic book that makes them like superheroes and shit. Like, it's. You know, because, like, they're living out a certain fantasy, like the rock and roll fantasy, probably well before their age, you know. Like, I really feel for kids in the entertainment industry. Um, but also, at the same time, like, with the that kind of exposure and the ability to be creative and seeing the power of your creativity, how far it goes, um, I bet we'll see a comic book eventually. Every <laughs> Every great band has a comic book, and maybe that's what it takes. but that's probably just the geek of me talking (laughs) yeah i I mean i'm definitely interested to see what the like i said see what they do with what happens with them and you know i think it'll be a a fun uh a fun camera noise sesh to uh dive into the full album so let me ask you a question what uh, describe for me as best you can your personal relationship with new metal I mean, I had every album that everyone else has. I mean, I had I had Corn, I had uh, Limp Biscuit, I had I don't know, I had probably the first Cold Chamber. Uh, you know, I also had Deftones, System of a Down, which I don't really put those two bands into that category, even though they kind of came up through it. Um, but I mean, 
I don't know. It was a phase of my life. I feel like everything I've listened to has got me to the point and to the music I listen to today. Some of it's stuck with me. Some of it's, you know, you know, I've realized is not good music. Uh, but I will tell you this. If you put in $3 bill, y'all, I can sing along to every word on that album. And I haven't <laughs> listened to it probably in 14, 15 plus years. You know, I mean, I was there. I mean, you know, that's that's part of the roots, man, you know. It got me to the point of the music I like now. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't be like, oh, my God, 30th anniversary of $3 bill, y'all, on LP. I don't need that. I don't want that in my life, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I just I went through it all. I feel like me and you probably had a very similar experience to the new metal that we listened to. But, I mean, it was a big part of, like, I mean, what, we were in high school when all that stuff came out. It was, like, what you listened to until you were listening to that until you hung out with some seniors that were, like, Oh, you like kind of the new metal stuff? You're like, yeah. And they're like, hey, here's some punk stuff. Here's some hardcore. And you're like, oh my god, this is so much more intense, you know, uh, than what I'm listening to. And the message is ten times better. Like I remember, like the first time someone gave me the complete discography of Minor Threat, which was around the same kind of time, and I was just like, God, punk is awesome. Like I gotta listen to more Minor Threat. I gotta get into these other bands, you know. And that kind of like that punk to hardcore kind of took me away from the new metal, and then I kind of got into just like kind of offshoots of metal hardcore you know that kind of stuff so I, it was all just a progression you know i probably if i didn't listen to new metal would i be where i am now i don't know probably not <laughs> who knows what i'd be listening to it's kind of scary i don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> um, you know i mean awesome. I, I don't know i, I mean I, i'll knock a lot of, i'll knock a lot of those records but you know at the yeah. same time you put in significant other any of the first like the first three corn albums and i know every word to every song on that and yeah. there will be a part of me that is like very excited that someone put that album in you know yeah. i'm like all right all right i'm drunk enough so let's sing along we're at a party it's all right you know yeah definitely i yeah i always you know i like like pretty much same thing as you you know nowadays well, maybe not nowadays. I'm a little bit going easier, but I think maybe a couple years ago, a few years ago, I was the first one to knock new metal um, all over the place, you know, just because uh, yeah. mainly because of Linkin Park. I never was a big fan of Linkin Park, but I think that their first album came out right when I was starting to develop um, um, a more uh, develop a broader taste in things. Um, you know, like when their first album came out, I was already starting to get into Mars Volta and at the drive in and, and, um, but it started, it really started with like Deftones for sure. And, uh, Corn, Limp Biscuit, and bands like Spine Shank and Cold and what the fuck yeah. even, I mean, even, uh, what was that one? The, um, I can see through you, see your true stained. <laughs> you know Stan, yeah. like even yeah. some of those like i remember being like man good song you know like thinking that they were like the new alice in chains or some shit but then yeah. you know by the time lincoln park came out i was looking back on all those albums and just being like damn i've really come a long way you know and and, and i think actually like rage against the machine you know they fit into that new metal classification but when you see the look in people's eyes and the way that they rock to a Rage song is not yeah. the same way people rock to a Linkin Park or a Limp Biscuit song. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? I just recently uh, picked up, uh, we got, I got a uh, battle of Los Angeles for really cheap on vinyl. And I like put that album on. I was like, I'm probably going to hate this now. And I like ran back. I put it on. It was kind of quiet. And I was like, Oh, it's kind of like middle of the day. I can, I can rock this out. And I just blasted it, dude. <laughs> and I had so much fun, like singing along to that terribly. And just like, I might've been doing dishes or something. I don't know. But you know, it was just a fun listen to. And, Oh man, those guys like Rage made some great music, man, and it had something important to say. And they were angry about stuff, and I loved it. I still like yeah. angry music. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, and then like what you were saying is a lot of this style of music because I grew up like a hip hop kid, and a lot of this style of music created that transition for me. And then when I started skateboarding and stuff, um, it was like a little bit after my personal new metal phase. So I started to listen to bands like thrice and Thursday and, um, you know, whatever, whatever is popping up in the back of my skateboarding magazines. Yeah. Uh, And, and that all kind of started to build this, uh, you know, my, my love of metal and, and hard music, aggressive music or whatever you want to call it. Um, and has led to a great many things. (laughs) So, yeah. So, you know, it's like now I think, you know, with this conversation and watching that video and being where we are, the Unlocking the Truth video, I mean, um, yeah. it kind of it kind of brings all that full circle. And I'm just kind of like, I feel like I'm taking it easier on those kids that I'm, I like got into arguments with about Linkin Park so much. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we all, we're all in our certain stages of development, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I can, I, I mean... <laughs> My best friend Eric could probably like sum up what our first band sounded like, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's probably like Candlebox meets Stained <laughs> or something like that. So, I mean, you know, I got there and then like my second band was an instrumental, like kind of like indie rock fucking thing, like not as like Explosions in the Sky esque, like trying to be. Um, so like there was a progression there. I just the music I listened to got me to the point where I am today. And like, I'll talk shit about new metal all day and like the bands I don't like because I just don't think they've stood the test of time. But I will stand by like System of a Down, Rage, yeah. uh, Deftones. I think those guys are really talented. Yeah. And I think yeah. those, those guys are still doing well. Maybe not so much the System of a Down guys, but yeah. you know, like they all went on to do other things. And yeah. I think they made they will you know they'll always be a part of you know me and. You yeah, know, I don't know, man. You just gotta accept it at some point. You, I mean, you can Definitely. trash talk shit. You can trash talk shit all day long, but like we all listen to a lot of the same albums, especially being in our 30s now. Like we yeah. all had the same influences. And you were saying earlier about how you listen to a lot more like rap, hip hop, and I think listening to new metal made me like, especially with a lot of those crossover albums yeah. where it would be like Limp Biscuit and then like, you know, I don't know for Ice T or something like. Yeah. You know, like I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have known about that. So maybe it was a bridge to get me into more of like the hip hop slash rap stuff that I'm. Like, yeah, I mean, really maybe. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I mean, it was that subconscious. Sorry, maybe is that like that like melding of of these, you know. I, I think I realized as I'm older is that I like my metal separate and I like my rap and hip hop separate, you know, yeah, like I don't it's... really need a meshing of a melding of the two. I don't care if there's a guitar <laughs> in a song right. or something, but you know, it's, if, it's... if I, yeah, it's really, if I tough... want to rock out, I want to listen to a metal album. You know, if I want to, you know, bob my head and just kind of chill and relax, it's probably going to be some hip hop, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's a really, it's a really tough, 
uh, to almost impossible without getting that new metal label to have any kind of rap in your in your music. Um, yeah. I, I was for a short while, I was in a rap group when I moved back to Denver um, and they actually went on to be fairly successful for a while. They're still doing some good stuff. Um, but I remember talking to other musicians like heavy metal musicians and rock musicians and stuff. And it's like, yeah, we'll get you rapping over this sick riff with a dope, like a really cool, like heavy drum beat and stuff. And I'm like, I really am not in that position to do that. You know, like I don't, I don't like I'll sing, I'll try and do, I'll do some metal vocals. Maybe I'll learn how to do that, but I'm definitely not going to join your rap rock band. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And it was, there was a distinction there. Um, I would have moved to Denver and stopped you. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, check out the new, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you've been like, I'm thinking about doing this rock rap metal. I was like, hold on, hold on for 24 hours. If if you're going to go that route, you got to be brutal, man. It's got to be brutal (laughs) for my taste, you know? Um, But uh, all that aside. um, Oh, one thing I was going to say about you bringing up like system of a down or whatever is um, for those of you interested in checking out the unlocking the truth, take control video. uh, Am I, I heard a little bit of like Darren Malkylian from System of a Down, the guitarist. Yeah. I heard a little bit of that kind of flavor in the solo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was another that was another little thing for me, a little cue where I was just like, man, I loved System of a Down, you know, and they they were in that new metal kind of vibe as well. You know, they were kind of the antithesis of Linkin Park, in my opinion. But um, yeah, but, you know, they still had that same kind of vibe. So. I think there's a lot going on there and, and, you know, it just seems like Axel Rosenberg's trying to like, you know, snub them before they've even kind of found their sound or taken off. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say that like after this album, however it sounds that like their next one could be a totally different shift into something more that they want to do, or, you know, who knows what bands will go on tour with who will influence them and, you know, maybe for the better or worse, hopefully for the better, but you know, I, 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 they need a shot. Um, especially being young. And I mean, it seems like they already got like a good grasp on what they want. So if this is what they want, man, more power to them. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's someone out there is going to buy it. Someone's going to listen to it. Someone's they're going to have huge fans and that's yeah. great. I'm probably not going to be a huge fan though. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I think I might. Be. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, it, it is what it is. I just, uh, you know, uh, right it's not for me. I, I feel like I'm, pretty grounded in what I like to listen to and what I go for, but I'm not opposed to like you sending me a video and listening to a band or listening to an album or something (laughs) I think I might might hate and then end up liking. If I like like two tracks off of it, that's a success. Those guys got me for two tracks. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, I mean, I think I don't know, man. I'm excited to hear it though now, just because we yeah. talked about it. So, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the conversation around when it comes out. So yeah, dude, I'm, I'm I'm excited as well. I think it'll be fun. That'll be something funny. What if our What if we switch? You're just like I hate it. It's, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> and and I'm like, like this is the greatest <laughs> fucking thing ever made. I'm <laughs> like, oh yeah, that would. I would just. I that would be like me though. <laughs> it would be. But if that, that's right. the case, that means that the whole rest of the world loves him. And that would be, yeah. you know, <laughs> and that would be okay yeah. for them, I guess. But, um, but yeah, we'll have to continue that conversation at a later date after we've heard more from uh, Unlocking the Truth. Um, I think now we're going to, this is kind of a midweek uh, mini episode. Um, I think now we're going to just jump to a couple movie trailers that we watched and want to discuss. Uh, Maddie, go ahead and 
and start with whatever. I forgot what we were going to do first. <laughs> uh, the first one that comes to mind that we talked about was uh, Mel Gibson's new movie, Bloodfather. Um, yeah. My cousin like sent me, he was like, oh, have you heard about this? And I, I don't Mel Gibson's like a touchy subject for people, and he yeah. seems like an asshole, and that's totally fine. I don't want to know the guy in real life. I mean, maybe if you invited me to dinner, I'd go because it's, you know, Mad Max. So yeah. I at least like to talk to him about Mad Max and stuff, but I don't want to care. I don't care about his politics or his religious beliefs or any of that bullshit. Uh, I recently on Netflix saw Get the Gringo, which I thought was a really cool just kind of like. Yeah, I'll like, have to check that out. You remember the movie Payback, and then there was like the director's cut that came out, and it was kind of oh, like yeah. a yeah, yeah uh, classic. So it, it like Get the Gringo was like a harder version of that of a guy uh, a a gringo trapped in a Mexican prison, and he's uh-huh. kind of exploiting the system, kind of like a you know a cool Yo Jimbo kind of like playing both sides and trying to like get out and you know just seeing what'll happen, and obviously like Yo Jimbo, it doesn't always turn out the way you want it to. But uh, I just thought it was a cool little movie, especially with Mel kind of going through his the shit that happened to him and you know all that shit so uh, but Bloodfather looks like a cool fucking movie I actually watched this trailer and I love the new Mad Max Fury Road but it kind of made me upset that Mel wasn't back for like (laughs) one last one you know like past the torture that's a good interesting I would really like to see Mel Gibson I would really like to see Mel Gibson come back in the Mad Max series as a villain. Yeah, that would be like cool. This that was of, always my this hope. Older Max, yeah. This older Max who's just kind of just been torn down by like this terrible place and he's just become the villain now, man. That's all he can do. Yeah. And, and you yeah. know, maybe there's like a change yeah. of heart later on in the movie and he does one last good thing and then he passes on and he gives something to Tom Hardy and you're just like, oh my God, passing the torch. That would be cool. You know, like that's well, what I really been... hoped. <laughs> yeah. But, He's become a villain in the world to many people. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but Bloodfather looks cool. It looks like a straight little like indie like thriller yeah. kind of just from what I gather from the trailer. It's like this guy's a tattoo artist, just kind of like yeah, it's like yeah. it's like take his lethal weapon character and just make him like the scum of the earth or something, and he's just like kind of hanging out in a trailer, you know. Finds, yeah, and he's like got a daughter, and there's just like shit starts happening and he wants to protect his daughter and yeah. most of the time for a little film like that I don't need much just a pretty it, good like save the day revenge kind of what was, thriller, what, so. was, what was the movie called that he was in that has a very similar premise like guy's daughter he was like a government agent oh, Edge of Darkness Edge of Darkness so that was the last Mel Gibson movie I've probably seen um, yeah. and this this one looks like you know similar premise but the character looks fucking awesome man and Dude, you know, I, I love I, the same like, like, with like, the grizzled beard. Yeah, like you were saying, like I don't, I don't care about the man's politics or his religious beliefs or whatever. But unlike you and many other people, I think we could hang out. I know a lot of racist yeah. people. I know a lot of crazy people. I know a lot of mean people, yeah. which I think he's probably all of the above. <laughs> but every time I see him yeah. on screen, I'm like, I could crack a beer with that dude. I think we'd have a great time. But um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but Bloodfather, <laughs> Bloodfather. So let me just get my piece yeah yeah go ahead. um bloodfather it looked it looked badass man like straight up badass you referenced payback and i haven't seen get the gringo but edge of darkness as well you know like you can't deny you know detective mark martin riggs from bleed the weapon you can't deny this dude <laughs> yeah. you know mad max man you, you can't deny that this dude's a fucking badass um yeah 
you know, as crazy as he may be or whatever, but still on screen, the man can deliver some of those yeah. lines just in the trailer. Like I watch trailers and I scrutinize uh, to the, the finest detail. And I'm really, you know, like I think a lot of people, but one of my big things is lines of dialogue. I feel like if you have weak lines of dialogue in your trailer, then it's going to be, if that's what you're showing off in two seconds, then the whole rest of the movie is going to, you know, uh, days of future past case in point. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nonetheless. Um, but you know, there was good lines of dialogue. There was like tense scenery, you know, I like, um, you know, as a young Latino man, it's nice to see a lot more Latino actors getting, uh, time on screen. Um, you know, especially after breaking bad and, and better get Saul and, Whatever, you know, it's not just prison movies and cholos, but in this case, <laughs> it is just yeah. Mexican gangsters or whatever. But there's a lot of there's a lot of like um material from from what's going on with like cartels and stuff and and you know, like desert states, like it looks like they're maybe in Texas or something like that. Yeah, probably um, or uh, and um I don't know. I like that flavor. You know, I like to see that I can, I can dwell in that kind of atmosphere for a while. You know, that's why I loved breaking bad and better call Saul. Um, but you know, in this, these deep gritty crime things, you know, just seeing that character that Mel Gibson's playing this tattoo artist who lives out in the middle of nowhere in a trailer, which I think would be a great career path, uh, for anyone who has the training. <laughs> that sounds like awesome yeah. to me. But, um, you know, just seeing this dude going from that, like this solitary way of life. And he has like an estranged daughter that seems, you know, like she's kind of a wild, free and wild and dangerous and whatever. And then he, she gets in trouble and he ends up having to get her out of it. Uh, a la, yeah. you know, Liam Neeson, a la Taken, you know, and, and who doesn't yeah. love movies like that? Those are the best premise. Because you think about it, if you end up having a daughter and something happens to her. You know, hey, if if that's why I love John Wick, that's why I love John Wick. Because if anything ever happened to my dog uh, in a malicious way from some gangsters or something, they're going down. That's it. Okay, <laughs> call me up, dude. Let's do this. Yeah. Me and Buddy were right. Yeah, you'll just roll yeah. in, and I'll I'll go to my bedroom, pull out a bag of guns. You're like, where'd you get that? And I'll just, <laughs> you know, what's Maddie's like. Maddie's like, does it matter? Then we then cut to the next no. scene where it's some fucking John Carpenter themes playing and we're riding out and killing gangsters. No big deal. <laughs> no. It sounds like a great camera noise movie, yeah. dude. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down. Um, but yeah, this Bloodfather looks cool. You know, whether or not ultimately it's going to be great or, or, or even good, it looks like a cool ass, you know, throwback to some of those badass movies at Mel Gibson that we're used to seeing him in. And, you know, like yeah. no, whether or not he's, you know, or, you know, because he's like a reviled human being in media nowadays, um, it's still good to see. It still warms my heart to see the man uh, making flicks that are interesting to, to, to guys like us. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just thought it, I just thought it looked like a fun, like, you know, don't got anything else if it comes on Netflix or it's just like straight to like Redbox or something. It just looks like a fun flick to pick up. And just when you've just kind of been oversaturated with like the big budget movies, it's kind of nice to see one of those little indie just action thrillers, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm really excited to check it out. Uh, I hope it's good. And, you know, I, and, and in a lot of ways, I hope Mel Gibson still makes ends up 
he's, you know, as a director, I don't think he's, he's not, you know, he's probably, he's made a ton of missteps. To be honest, the only movie I've ever seen him direct, I believe is Apocalypto. And, yeah. you know, again, being like a, a Latino dude or having like um, a descendancy from, or being like a descendant from like Mayan or Aztec lineage just by blood or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, you know, there's like an uproar with the, with those type of communities that are, you know, that are more steeped in their own history and folklore and stuff like that, that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that movie is like way inaccurate, but yeah. it's the way, it's the way that he approached it. You know, the vision that he had um, for that movie that, you know, I know like, you know, it's, it's one thing to see like activist groups or, you know, like a base of the culture be like, this is wholly inaccurate historically. This is not a good representation of our people. Very valid argument. However, you talk to the everyday common Joe on the street, they're going to be like Apocalypto is dope. Jaguar yeah. paw, baby. Jaguar paw. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it like just talking about Apocalypto, like I'm not like I don't know a lot about that culture and stuff. I've not read a lot about it. And yeah, I should. I should be a better person. But I don't um, I don't either. I think <laughs> is, I, I, I think is just like a film that could have easily have been them casting a bunch of white people. Yeah. That we could, we all know their faces, and it yeah. all, and it all been in English. You know, I really like just for him to put it in the language and just focus the story around this family, and literally little to no dialogue for like a two-hour plus film. Yeah, love it. You know, it's a cool, it's a cool adventure movie. It's you yeah. know, oh yeah, it's kind of why, like, I really like movies like that. It's kind of like why I like the new Planet of the Apes because oh. you get those like moments where you'll just. Brilliant. You're just watching monkey sign language yeah. each other, man, for like, you know, like 30 uh, minutes. Yeah. You, you know what? Um, sorry to cut you off, but we were talking about Drew Goddard and Daredevil or whatever and Matt Reeves, and I was failing to think of what I really love that he did. And um, I, fr- he didn't, I don't think he did the first one, but he did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And yeah. easily my favorite movie that year. Dawn of the Planet oh, of the dude. Apes is a fucking masterpiece. I don't care what anybody yeah. says. No, dude, I I love that movie. I kind of go back and forth because like I don't like to buy just like one movie. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna want to watch Rise again. Yeah. But like, I just think about it, and I just never want to see that movie, except for like the ape stuff, because I just don't buy James Franco as a scientist, man. Never will. <laughs> oh, that, gonna have the, it. the first one. Yeah, the first yeah. one. That was the thing to me is like the first one. I was like, meh, who cares? But the, uh, you know, and it was all about the, it was all about Caesar. That first one was all about just that cool motion capture and whatever, but it was kind of, it was yeah. kind of, it was kind of meh. Um, but yeah, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, like from the beginning, like such a compelling film, you know, it's just yeah. like, there's not a dull moment and they're going through very deep subject matter with this, this inter, uh, this inner, uh, what would you call it? Like this exchange between, human and monkey or their you know the division that's their uh, yeah. is probably a better way to put it um but you know when i watched that one it made it made the first one uh that much better to me i'm just like oh yeah. like you know it's like it takes a really great filmmaker to take the pieces of a movie that's you know not that great and and still use those pieces in a film that turns out to be incredible yeah like you take that movie you take dawn of the planet of the apes back like 20 25 years i guarantee yeah. you people be like how do they get those monkeys to act <laughs> yeah right yeah 
No, I, I definitely like what they're doing with the new Planet of the Apes stuff. I'm definitely, hopefully there'll be a third one. I, I think it's in the works or whatever, but uh, I, yeah. I will be there for those. I, I enjoyed the, the, enjoyed Dawn. I thought yeah. it was great. Uh, Love the cast. I like that like your biggest actor was Gary Oldman and everyone yeah. else is kind of just yeah. little lot, like indie actors. And, yeah, uh, a lot, I think and that's the best way to do some of these movies. Yeah. A, a lot of good, a lot of good ones too. A lot of good actors. Um, back to anyway, back to Bloodfather. Um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure when it comes out, but definitely yeah. check the trailer out. I'm speaking to our listening audience, not to Maddie. <laughs> he already knows. I've he already, already seen it. He, he already saw it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, definitely check out Bloodfather. I think we both think it looks pretty cool. I think most of you will as well. Um, yeah. uh, and. So I'd lo- I'd love to discuss uh, more of that as we get more of that in in our faces. Um, yeah. But I think we got a few more trailers we want to kind of crunch through real quick. Um, uh, what was the next one we was gonna do? Uh, I know Snowden was on there, and I think that probably just got released today. Um, right, Snowden was one. Yes, definitely. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know much about like the actual event that went down. But did, uh-huh. I just want to know, this is an Oliver Stone film, right? Right. I, I just saw his name, and I was like, and then it went away, and I was like, producing, directing? Uh... No, yeah, he directed it. He directed it. Um, and at first, I saw the I saw the posting of it in my feed or whatever, um, that the trailer was up, and I didn't immediately go and click it and, like, really care. I know a little bit about the Snowden thing, um i support him i'm down he's definitely a hero uh in a lot of ways for for what he did uh by by releasing um basically nsa secrets that they're monitoring and tracking they say this in the trailer you know and it's you know it's true in a lot of ways there's there's do your research there's articles everywhere the nsa is tracking everybody um it's a kind of a crazy place to be in um so when I did finally see the trailer right before we started recording this uh, episode, it uh, it kind of blew me away. And and the things that blew me away is that it's just like, you know, it's not just the, the media glossy story of Snowden that we've got. It seems like it's playing on all the dirty details of, of, of his, um, basically his rise to infamy. Uh, yeah. You know, and 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 the paranoia that's there. I really like this type of film, though. Too um, the paranoia that it establishes, and 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 as much as it shows, like the little cameras and microphones on your iPhone and your computer, and you know the possibility of us being tracked. You know, the Dark Knight touched on it with you know the the solution to try and that they used to get the Joker, and yeah. and how iffy that was. Um, so while watching this Snowden trailer, I was you know it's just like. You know, in filmic terms, it's it looks like a great espionage, like paranoid thriller, yeah. but also kind of you know a kind of like a social network, kind of the madness behind the genius um, kind yeah. of tale. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing Snowden. You can tell he's put uh, somewhat of an affect on his voice. He's doing kind of an impression of what we get in, of Snowden in interviews and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just like the pacing of it, the music. You know, Oliver Stone doesn't give a shit. He's not going to pull any punches, um, really. Uh, so I'm just like, I'm crazy excited to to see it and and know more about it. And I think, 
you know, it, I, hopefully it will become popular enough to where more people are exposed to this story, like what is going on in terms of surveillance and, um, you know, being monitored and all this big brother kind of shit that happens all the time, but people don't yeah. want to admit it. Anyway, I digress. The conspiracy theorist in me has some shit to say, but uh, what'd you think of the trailer, Manny? I thought it looked good. I'm kind of, I didn't know much about it. I know that that was an event that happened. I didn't really read up on it. I just, I just assumed the government was doing all this shit anyway, cause they're the government and that's what they do. And they're probably still doing it. But, um, uh, so I was just like, Oh, whatever. When the actual thing happened, I just didn't care. I don't know what was going on in my life at the time, <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm a big fan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I like to watch him in about anything. I have not seen The Walk, though. I just did not – that did not look appealing to me. Oh, I, um, watched the, I watched the documentary, and yeah. that's kind of all I want to watch. But the, maybe the doc, Yeah, the documentary – the movie he's talking about, um, The Walk, is Joseph Gordon-Levitt starring as a French tightrope walker who very famously walked across the Twin Towers. Um, yeah. pro- Prior to 9-11, mind you, when the world yeah. was still at peace, before we were under the corruption of uh, – no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like playing into oh, this. The, this is a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. But anyway, so um, I, I never saw that one either. I would like to see it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's what's-his-face. The dude who directed Forrest Gump made that yeah. the walk. Um, I'd like to see, I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's, I, it's really cool to see him in these kind of roles for me. Cause I kind of feel like Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of plays the happy go lucky guy a little too much. Yeah. Um, um, uh, and you know, like there's just a lot, there's a lot of really interesting ideas that will be brought up in this film that you can already tell based on like the post social media era that we're living in right now where, you know, it's like, if I say something wrong on my Facebook, there's a possibility I could get in trouble at work for saying that or posting something, you know, like people are very sensitive and everybody's watching, you know, it's like we're, we're in a, and I'm still talking about movies here, but you know, it relates, (laughs) you know, we're in a, we're in a, we're in an age where we're kind of like, we have the ability to police each other in terms of this. And then, you know, in this trailer, you get these moments of like how not only like of the dangers of his activities on himself, but the dangers that it, it presents to the people around him. And it looks like there's a female uh, co-star, like uh, um, I don't want to say love interest because it looks like he's already dating her, but like a girlfriend character. Yeah. Uh, so and, you know, I, I'm not very I don't know anything about Snowden's personal life or anything like that, but it seems yeah. for sake of for sake of a film and telling a cinematic thing, you know, they got all the pieces they need in order to hopefully get a really interesting message across as well as a good movie. Like I'm really hoping it's a better movie than anything. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it looks, I, I love like espionage thriller stuff and this yeah. like play, like you said, plays like that. So that alone and just Gordon Levitt was enough for me to be like, yeah, I'll check it out. It looks like a, Good time. I really liked. Uh, I don't know if you saw Black Hat by uh, Michael Mann. I didn't. I was just asking somebody about it yesterday. Is it good? I I really liked it. I know a lot of there was like a lot of hate for it, and I read a really long article. I'm actually surprised I got through it. Really? Um, about how it's just a really like 
it's really smart and it's written for people who know a lot about what's going on in that movie. It's not like cool. dumbed down to let, like to let, I don't know that much about what's going on, but I felt like, like I like Michael Mann's stuff and cool, what yeah. he's been, what he's been doing recently has been this very much like I'm making films for myself and stuff that I'm interested in and I can give a fuck about the audience. Right. So I just got into it and I don't think I'd seen Liam Hemsworth in anything besides like Thor and stuff and the Avengers films. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested to see him play kind of a, you know, for lack of a better comparison, like a Jason Bourne, but not, it's not, it's not like one of those movies, but cool. someone like that or something. So it's, yeah. I'd really, I'd be interested to see what you think of it, Stefan, but I really enjoyed it, but it is also kind of like his current stuff where it's like a two plus hour film and it feels like it's like five hours. I but, see. Yeah. But, um, um I, yeah, I love Michael Mann and it, you know, it look it, from what I remember from the trailers, it was like a, like a hacking kind of thriller. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm a fan of cyberpunk and obviously the matrix and, uh, you know, hackers and movies like that. I love, I love, I get more excitement out of a, watching a person in front of a glowing computer screen typing away feverishly um, than sometimes seeing somebody running with a gun. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I love, I love hacker movies. So I definitely am going to check out Black Hat um, really soon. And, you know, even just some of the imagery in the Snowden trailer is really great. The Rubik's Cube, that shot with no. his hand hanging next to him and he flicks the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Um, and then, and then later in the trailer, you finding out that he's put the SD card into the Rubik's cube. I don't know if this really happened or whatever, but you know, take away the reality of, of what the story is based on and look at it from the, from a filmic standpoint. Um, it's very stylistic. It looks like really cool. Like if that wasn't a true story and you just had this smart ass motherfucker, you know, like sneaking his you know, in a, a childlike, you know, it says something about his, his childlike nature, possibly by having that Rubik's cube with him at work at the, at work at the CIA, NSA or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, it just, it's like, that's a cool hero. You know what I mean? Like that's a very d- dynamic uh, main character for this movie. That seems like now it's like, who can you trust? You know? So. Yeah. I, I think I'm, if you, Oh, go ahead. I'm, just, I'm, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I think if you would have just called this movie Snowden and then the character was called Snowden and this guy never existed and it was just this espionage thriller kind right. of thing, like you're saying, it would right. still just be as interesting. Yeah, you know, it's like we don't get, we yeah. don't get a lot of movies like this nowadays. Like mm-hmm. I feel like technology's gotten so good that most you can watch something and go, yeah. oh, that's really fake." That's why I like uh, the show Mr. Robot a lot. Yeah, um, Mr. Robot's great. I still have to finish that, but great show. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have movies like, uh, oh, what was I going to say? You know, you have stuff like Wag the Dog. I always like, you know, I like things that play to the conspiracy theorist in me, oh, um, yeah. especially through films, because, like, what better way to get those kind of messages across? And, you know, you had, like, you had films like Wag the Dog, and even going way back, you have the conversation with Gene Hackman. Yeah. You know, it's just like there's always somebody watching, and I think this is, like, a really deep fear for most people you know in any it's like when you close your eyes when you're washing your hair in the shower you know i'm always afraid there's going to be somebody standing there when i open my eyes or something you know you know too much yeah you know way too much you know (laughs) i know too much about reality (laughs) but um but you know those these type of films for sure like my bread and butter another one that i think is kind of an unsung uh little gem it wasn't perfect for sure but i thought eagle eye was was a pretty sharp movie 
Yeah, I, I mean, I like I, yeah. I like it. I like uh, DJ Caruso. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And he did Suburbia as well, like that same thing. Yeah. That I, I just love that paranoia. Um, Let's say it was a rear window, but not a rear window remake. Like, yeah, which is my problem with remakes. If you want to make, if you want to remake something, if you, just call yeah. it something different. That's a, but it, then for, put in the credits inspired by Rear Window by Alfred Hitchcock. It's that easy. Uh, man. I'll go you one better. I'm like, if you want to remake something, just steal it. You know, yeah. rename your characters, take liberties where you think it is weak and make that story better because we're essentially telling the same story over and over. But it's just like, I think the cool thing is, is how you do it. I think the individual, yeah. you know, well, but uh, <laughs> go ahead. One of my beefs with was with uh, the Karate Kid remake, because I don't think it should have been called that. I think they should actually call that the Kung Fu Kid. Yeah, nor do I. Because people would have compared it. They're like, oh, isn't this kind of like Karate Kid? Yeah, yeah, but it's not. It's called Kung Fu. Yeah. But when you call something Karate Kid and you reference it only once right. and they're doing a different kind of martial arts, yeah. you just kind of like that's the you're remaking this movie. You need to call it something different. It's you know? a bummer. Because um, yeah. I love it. That movie's great. Probably some of Jackie Chan's best acting. I, I love it, too. That's probably Jaden Smith's best acting. I love yeah, no, I, I love the Karate Kid remake. Just for audiences out there, Maddie has admitted to it. I will admit to it proudly. The Karate we just Kid lost remake. all of our listeners. <laughs> the Karate Kid remake is a good movie, man. Really good movie. We're going to have to, like... Yeah, and it sucks that they... I'm sorry. It sucks that they didn't go with that because there was a huge push for them to do that, and it would have set it just different enough. But they had to bank on that name, you know. They had the license for it, and probably going into the development, um, that was a huge issue. Was was, you know, if you change the name, you're gonna, you know, it's all it's all it's all prospected percentages and predicted numbers and bullshit anyway but yeah. you know they, there's somebody's there just like you're gonna lose a lot of money if you do that and then you know the studio is probably like we can't lose that money uh partly because they yeah. dump so much money into movies that do suck most movies suck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know but i i don't you know i'm i was disappointed by that i don't hate on it because of that but i think just for sake of what we're talking about right now i think people you know should should give movies like that more props eagle eye too you know like people hate on shia labeouf it's the it's the, it's what they um it's what the media like portrays some of these people as like we we're talking about mal gibson you know he's same thing edward snowden yeah. you know the media kind of like skews our perspective sometimes and we and we take issue with people's personal lives people will probably we will never meet more than likely um and and we're we're kind of t- conditioned to hate on these people just because they don't fit into the status quo or like you know yeah you know, you know sometimes people slip up like Kramer and say some racist shit but I it doesn't make me love Kramer any less everybody slips up and says yeah. some racist shit sometime <laughs> you know it's a it's, I, I, a it's a strange world anyway <laughs> I'm I'm a Mad Max fan man I'm not gonna stop watching those movies just because Mel Gibson says some shit because. Right. That's that, it's just the whole thing is like uh, his character Max is his character. That's not Mel Gibson. Right. Like I like I said earlier, it's like you know if Mel Gibson invited me to dinner, I'd go. But would I seek him out to have a beer with him on my own? If he showed up at a party and we just ended up talking because we both had a couple of drinks, yeah. If he said some racist shit, would I just walk away? Yes. <laughs> you know. Um, but I'm just based on their art is what I'm going with. You know, it's just. I like mm-hmm. these movies. 
and that's fine. I don't, you know, I probably wouldn't pay top dollar to see like Mel Gibson in a huge big. What? Well, oh, that's not true. I'd watch Mad Max with him, and yeah. I, they get my twenty bucks or whatever. But <laughs> you know, I mean, it, like you said, it's just like skewing things. If these things actually did happen, that sucks. I that makes me feel terrible, and I would hope that people are better than this. But we yeah. have, we all know we we have that friend who says that racist shit or just does <laughs> yeah. does sexist shit all the time and it sucks but that's just yeah that's just but i think man. yeah it is it definitely is and i think you know not to get on this big issue but oh yeah you know you, we, we can't i think you know that we, we can't we can't really control the way that we're going to be perceived sometimes and you know like in terms of the mel gibson and, and him being vilified you know just the one thing that's most apparent like we don't know for sure that he hates black people or Jews. Um, we don't know for sure that, or he's, yeah, he said something to his wife in like an, a phone argument or something that got on TMZ. Um, nobody knows for sure that he meant those things that he said to his wife or whatever. You yeah. know, it's not for, it's not for us to decide. One thing that we know is for sure based on stuff like that is the dude has like a terrible temper. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's not anything to fault somebody on and people say shit in the heat of the moment. So get over it. Um, I yeah. think I'd, I'd like to say um, organizations like TMZ and you paparazzi motherfuckers and all you people snooping your noses and all these big celebrity uh, icons and stuff like that. Like give it a rest. You're the worst scum sucking type of people that there is. Yeah. You, you and telemarketers. <laughs> Yeah, man, I am 100% with you about <laughs> Sorry, I, had to go on a I have, yeah, I have no, I have no desire to Fuck know that. about their people. Like, you know? Yeah, like, the only like, I, like in the checkout line is the most I know about what's going on. Yeah. Like I'll just like look over and I'll be like, oh, right. You're just like, oh, oh look at this. The celebrity oh. cheated on this celebrity with this celebrity. Huh. Yeah, okay. and they're the ones. Those kind of programs. That's what's tearing apart the fabric of America that everybody is so worried about anyway this this particular episode got kind of kind of social political but i'm pretty militant about it but anyway you know it's like my point being is like you leave these celebrities alone man who cares they provide us with like years of entertainment you know falling short of 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 some kind of child abuse accusation or 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 uh conviction um, yeah. or murdering somebody you know leave these people's personal lives alone yeah. <laughs> it drives me nuts because then because then you know like i'm saying like mel gibson still has his chops man and i still that dude's still captivating as fuck to watch on screen and and i, I live for that father man i'm in yeah I, li I live for that kind of thing um what was the what was the last trailer we were uh, uh we were gonna discuss the neon demon oh okay yeah yeah um and so I, and if you listen to the previous podcast we talked a little bit about the director nicholas windig reffin who uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, he directed Drive, Bronson, Valhalla Rising, uh, and Only God Forgives are just the few that come to mind right now. I think there's a couple more maybe. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, this Neon Demon. It look. It Maddie had said something how it looks very similar to like Black Swan. And, you know, I'll give it that the same way that this Mel Gibson movie we were talking about has similar premise to, you know, um, Edge of Darkness. This seems uh, the Neon Demon seems to have like a similar thread of, 
a similar thread of drama and 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 set up as something like Black Swan. Um, I don't know. How would you describe the prim- just by just by watching the trailer? How would you describe some of that setup? Uh, it kind of it, it reminds me of Black Swan. It also reminds me of a lot of what David Lynch kind of touches on in his movies. What sense you can make out of those? But a lot of them are about like. Hollywood and the descent into the bowels wow. of Hollywood or yeah. just like a career like modeling, which this movie's about mm-hmm. and how it's like, it seems like it's about how to like the struggle to get to the top and then stay at the top. And then like, just how it just seems like you can't make friends in Hollywood. It's like, you shouldn't do it. Like don't have Hollywood friends. Don't make friends. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cause they will stab you in the back. And it just seems like that same kind of black swan thing where it's just like this descent into this madness. And mm-hmm. it looks like this, this girl played by Elle Fanning seems to, you know, maybe take a more murderous turn to keep mm-hmm. it. Um, it's called neon demon. So I don't, most of this stuff you can't like, from the title alone, will there be demons or some kind of like weird <laughs> demon thing in it? I don't know. I hope so. I'd really like to see some cool creature effects or something kind of like what Black Swan did when she was like, yeah, that uh, was cool. Turning it's a, so, you know, I kind of like to see something like that, but yeah. uh, either way, I think it's going to be a visually stunning. The soundtrack's yeah. going to be good. Cause I think Cliff Martinez is back and we all Ooh, know he yeah. does nothing short of fantastic scores. Yeah. Um, the, the music's, so, the music seemed uh, really, really great in this trailer and, and, you know, uh, reminiscent of all his films, I think drive is probably the most linear. Um, if I, if I can, you know, if I think about it, his films are all pretty abstract. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, especially only God forgives the last one. I remember, you know, it takes, it's that type of movie where the first half an hour you're struggling to be like, what the fuck is going on here? You know? Yeah. Just because of the way it's edited and the, you know, it's like, but I think with a film like that, once you start paying more attention visually, especially with this guy's films, a lot of what is going on is, is visual, mm-hmm. um, which, which as, as a, an amateur, you know, like hopeful filmmaker myself, like I really, I really love films that don't, don't depend on dialogue so much because as we've seen with so many horrible lines of dialogue throughout the years, um, it can be a true pitfall when you're dealing in a visual medium. So uh, Neon Demon, like, you know, at first I was just kind of like, eh, not really interested, not really interested. And then the cinematography starts building and the imagery becomes more abstract and provocative. You know, the lighting is very contrasty and, and dim and you know it's like that nightlife it's the you know it's the the mysteries of of uh you know going into going into a lifestyle that brings a lot of darkness with it and the main character played by al fanning looks like you know she there's a line of dialogue in there about how she says how she my mother said i was dangerous or she used to say i was dangerous and then it kind of ends with her saying i am dangerous you know it's like uh that's kind of a uh, uh, an interesting theme that we're seeing in films lately. I think you see a lot of that kind of thing with Under the Skin, even Ex Machina, you know, like, you know, yeah. just as much as a, an actor like Mel Gibson can dwell on these dark, heavy, dark male characters, we're starting to see a lot of really, like, depth in these female-led characters uh, of, like, darker stories, you know, I think... Um, a good example of that is Spring Breakers, um, yeah, which I is a discuss- 
you haven't seen it, I think you should watch it because that's a discussion I think we need to have. Um, yeah. It, it, just what I'll say in terms of comparing it with Neon Demon, it's like a, um, it's an uncomfortable film, uh, Spring Breakers, uh, but it kind of puts these little bubblegum pop star actresses in these situations that um, are probably like, uh, what's the word like, like well beyond their emotional ability to deal with or mental and emotional ability to deal with. So it's like, I think that's what makes it a good film, but at the same time, it's not a film that I necessarily like uh, very much. Yeah. Um, however, back to neon demon, uh, it, it, um, you know, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see like Al Fanning was kind of one of those little tiny, cute little girls that we saw on children's films and family films and dramas and stuff. But now she's following in a similar pathway that, um, Dakota Fanning has done in certain roles where the, where she's taken a more provocative, more like, um, sexually charged, sensuous and dangerous kind of roles and stuff. So, you know, it's kind of, it seems like kind of that rite of passage that probably most women take in their life, just as most men take certain rites of passage, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, uh, that we probably don't acknowledge very much these days. But um, I think one thing that's interesting about these types of films like Spring Breakers or, or whatever of young women is that I think we don't want to admit to ourselves as a society, as an, as a movie going society that, you know, these kind of things happen to young women all of the time. And, uh, so, so it's, yeah, I'm, it's piqued my interest incredibly and not just for that aspect kind of makes me sound like a perv, <laughs> but, um, for the aspect of just like, I love the way that this guy makes a film. And now that it's do dealing with some provocative, you know, possibly controversial subject matter, you know, for the most part, he's dealt with, he's dealt with male characters um, you know, like big bulky male characters. Um, and now this is, this will be an interesting turn to see him take like what, how he will interpret this story through this character's eyes. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah. I, I'm excited. I, I, I need to watch only God forgives again, but I think I expected something that I didn't get, but I, it's one of those, kind of like our first our pilot episode it, it deserves a second chance a second glance you know um you know uh he, he's a talented director and i will definitely watch anything he does um and i would love to see him get something a bigger franchise or something just to see what he would do with a certain comic book or just anything else just to see what he his spin would be on something like that i don't think he would ever do it but it would be interesting just to see his take on something that, yeah, you know, yeah. they wanted to reimagine or yeah. whatever the phrasing is for stuff like that anymore. But, uh, I have a, know, yeah, I mean, I have a really, uh, I have a really, uh, I'm like, uh, what's the word I keep, uh, I have a really invested kind of, um, look at, at this guy's films and his career and stuff like that. I think, you know, he's just so far, I have not disliked any of his films. Um, and, and he's just kind of like, an, he's just like kind of one of those fresh voices that, um, you know, you see him all the time, they pop up here and there, but it's like, it's nice to be like kind of in the know with his films, I think, because it's always yeah. great when somebody has just seen drive or whatever. And they're like, Oh shit, you haven't seen Bronson. Like you got, yeah. you got to watch Bronson, you know, and it's like, you haven't seen Valhalla rising, like smoke a bowl or drop some acid and watch Valhalla rising. 
you know, yeah, these, he's a fucking trippy director and, and his taste in music, like what you're saying with Cliff Martinez, he's, um, he's, uh, you know, they create such a great atmosphere for these, for these images and, and, and it just, it looks like tantalizing and dark and very sinister and stuff. And, and yeah. I think, you know, I kind of dig that vibe nowadays. Um, yeah, I definitely think, uh, drive and only oh god forgives and even with neon demon he's definitely got a visual style he's continuing on with through those three films so it'll be very interesting to see what after this what his film will look like because i actually have a hollow rising on right now and it does not look anything like drive or yeah only oh, god forgives. yeah that's, um, that's awesome i love that movie it's nuts yeah. And yeah, I think you were saying something earlier about how he's very visual on the hollow rising is a great example because there is like literally what maybe two pages of dialogue in Valhalla Rising, I think. Yeah. Like no one really says anything in this film. Yeah. It's, it's very much like a Terrence Malick type one of, eye. Yeah. It's you know, he talks through a little kid, the main character doesn't even talk. Yeah. Like just it's strange, but it's also very cool. It's like a Viking film, so mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a Viking it's like a Viking acid trip. Mads yeah. Mikkelsen, Mads Mickelson, I don't know how to pronounce his name. M- M- yeah, Mickelson. Um, he's, he's great. He's like one of those like newer kind of faces in the, in the last five years or so that Definitely for like you, American audiences and stuff. Yeah, he, he has really cool roles. He generally gets cast as kind of a villain cause he's just like a sharp kind of sharp faced really. He's got kind of a Willem Dafoe, Clint Eastwood kind of thing going on. Um, yeah, he just looks like a villain dude. Like, yeah, he does. But so it's cool to see him in Valhalla rising as kind of like the main character, not a hero necessarily, but an anti-hero maybe. Um, yeah. uh, he's a badass. Um, but so <clears throat> anyway, uh, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up here. I kind of got to get out to dinner. Um, uh, so I think we kind of crushed through those pretty quickly, pretty well. Um, yeah. this is, uh, I did want to say one thing uh, earlier. We were going to talk about a movie called high rise, but kind of, uh, nixed it for time but one thing i noticed in that and um with the new x-men trailer that came out we saw the little snippet of uh, if you haven't seen it yet spoilers uh there's a little snippet of wolverine's claws uh right at the end but not his face or anything like that and while i was watching the high rise i noticed an actor and i was you know and part in the back of my mind i was like you know who would be you know it's always in the back of my mind like who would be a good replacement actor for um hugh jackman uh, in, yeah. as Wolverine, as, as, you know, as they've speculated upon, or, you know, people have, he said, he's not going to do any more after this next Wolverine. Um, so I've always thought that. And then I saw in the high rise trailer, the actor, Luke Evans, he's yeah. in kind of a, he's got kind of a hippie thing going on in that trailer, a mustache and some long hair, but he's got, yeah, he's got this kind of face. And I was like, dang, he'd be, you know, I'm kind of into this now, like my dream casting of parts and shit. And I'd be like, you know, just as an afterthought, um, I think this dude would probably be a pretty cool looking Wolverine. Yeah. I don't know. What you think. <laughs> I was actually, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think he'd be good. I think he's a solid actor. Uh, I liked him in the Hobbit. Um, I also watched the, that Dracula untold movie, which is not a great movie, but they do some really cool stuff with like the vampire mythos. And there's a really cool part where he goes and meets an older vampire, which is really creepy, which I really love. Cool. Um, but I was watching Jane Got a Gun, which is a pretty cool little Western flick with yeah, you know, I forgot. And, and, yeah, um, I didn't know that came but out. I, 
I thought it's a, it's at Redbox, but it's a pretty solid little Western if you're into that thing. I would say check mm-hmm. it out if you need something to watch on, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night or something. Um, yeah. But I thought Joel Egerton would make a pretty cool Wolverine. I had um, I had that thought as well, actually. Because I just think point. he's like, I, I think he's like a good enough actor to get into that role. And his like voice in that's really gruff. Mm-hmm. And like the beard and stuff, and he has like a cowboy hat on, and it kind of reminded me of that shot, like the cover Ooh. of Origin, where like the bone claws are popping out. Yeah. Uh, which I'm not a fan of. I don't. I never want them to see them again. But I just like <laughs> yeah, saw yeah. him. He's standing there in a shot, and I was just like, Western Wolverine, man. This guy's got it. Like I would love to see that guy like take on the suit and just, you know. And I think he's a solid actor too, and I think he could bring a pretty cool performance to Wolverine. Yeah. But yeah, I also think uh, Luke Evans would also be a, would also be a good choice too. He's not really yeah. well known yet. I mean, he's not been like besides the Hobbit, but yeah, you know, he's not got a franchise under his belt, and I think he'd probably sure. be fairly inexpensive compared to other people that they might want to cast. But I think he would also give a solid performance, man. Yeah, like yeah. I just noticed that. Just, you know, I could just see him in the costume, dude. Just yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that you say it. <laughs> he would be, yeah. He would be one of my top yeah. top choices for like to take yeah. on that role, man. So so Fox, uh, so Fox, if you're listening, get your head out of your yeah. ass. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, whatever this last Wolverine movie is, wipe it clean. Let's get Dom, uh, Luke Evans in there to uh, uh, do the. Uh, Let's, do a new Wolverine movie. Let's get rid of all this bullshit and whatever. whatever. Yeah. But um, uh, another conversation for another day. Um, yeah. Uh, I do and, want to talk uh, Old Man Logan and the thoughts of Wolverine 3 or whatever's happening with that. All right, so. definitely. We'll have to touch on that. Uh, I haven't read any of the Old Man Logan storyline, but I know that it's it's a pretty big one right now. I have a lot to say about the death of Wolverine. Can't get oh, into it right. God. Can't get into it right now, but we will. Um, next app dude next app <laughs> yeah me so, too so thanks for listening to uh camera noise midweek mini sode episode um please join us for the longer versions when we got more time to talk and hopefully you enjoyed this i'm out yeah me too later guys <laughs> peace